Hello, and thanks for finding us. Karam Deo is a local church in Denver, Colorado. We're a network of friends following Jesus together. Join us for preaching, teaching, announcements, and other musings. You guys, it's awesome to be gathered. Uh, it's so refreshing. Uh, I know we host people in our house, like Brian said, or in our backyard in 25 degree weather. <laughs> Uh, it's good to be inside and see faces. It really does feel like a celebration. Uh, I mean, I didn't think John, we said John was the first time, last, last uh, like a year ago, John was part of our house church. And uh, this session from August, he branched out to lead one, and it was kind of like, oh, actually, this app. You know, we were just like, oh, we, we actually missed him. We were like, actually, we wanted him in our group. And, and at the same time, we're like, no, he's, you know, an influential uh, influencer, you know, that like, no, I think we wanted to go. So, I mean, I think about that, and that took courage for you, John and Kenzie, in the midst of buying a house and being new parents and thinking different sized groups and locations are going to be at. Just courage you guys have. So, I'm just like proud of you guys and still sad you're not in my backyard in 25 degree weather, you know. Um, but I think at the scattered season over the last, you know, however many, I don't even know, four months? I don't know how long it was. But, I mean, a lot of us took a step of courage, you know? Amy, you leading your race thing uh, that a lot of people jumped into and embraced courage, you leading it, but everybody else saying, hey, how do we talk about this thing together, you know? It was, like, courageous. And I'm just, like, so proud of our steps with that, you know, and different people leading different groups with, like, people who aren't even in Carondale, you know, and there's like, hey, engaging and realizing I'm learning to step to be a spiritual parent to other people who maybe don't even know Jesus yet. There's a lot of courage that was formed in this space. Um, I think the funny one, we did our first Christmas Eve service on video, and I think it was courageous. If you guys watched it, they cut out a lot of my thing. I was choppy because mine was not that great. Like, chop, chop. But to do videos for the first time was kind of courageous. Uh, so I just say, you guys, God is just celebrating. Like all of us taking steps of courage, you know. Uh, yeah, so I just say, all of you guys, all the sacrifice you have, like I say thank you. And I feel like the Lord's just cheering you on. And we feel privileged to actually be locking arms, you know, in these scattered seasons that we do. Um, a word I got for us um, was, and I want you guys all to think about this during worship, but it's just like, if, even during this last season, we all, I mean, if it's everything with 2020, there's places where we all probably felt forgotten. Or even the Abba word was, where was there not room? Where you're like, oh, there wasn't room for me. You know, like, if it's physical room in a house, or if there's, like, emotional room or conversational room, where you're like, actually, I don't think my voice was heard. I feel like the Lord is saying, hey, I'm with you. You're not alone. Um, or maybe things, you know, this year didn't turn out quite like you thought it was supposed to, you know? I mean, probably start the business when you did, Andy. It wasn't quite how it was supposed to turn out. And God's just saying, hey, I'm with you. Like, miracles still happen. Um, and maybe there's times where you guys look back and you're like, 
Oh, I thought I was tougher than that. Like, I thought I was less offendable than that, and I was offended, you know? I had many of those this year. Like, I had some with my family where I walk away, and I was ticked, and my wife had to be like, Matt, like, simmer down, you know? And I'm like, oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. And I had to refocus. And I just think, guys, with all of those spaces, the Lord's saying, just look to me. Fresh vision. We need, like, like I said, in my little garage space, you know, friends to say, hey, 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 the answer is to look at Jesus afresh. The answer isn't you did look at Jesus a year ago or two years ago. Or the answer is, re-again today, look at Jesus. And I feel like some of these guys did it for me over and over. My wife did it for me because sometimes I'm just like a gong show, you know? And I'm like, oh, yeah, transform my mind to the kingdom once more. So I feel like the invitation for even me speaking today is like, like reflect going into 2021 of reflection again to refocus and be a disciple which means just look at Jesus. All these other, we found out this year, all these other things are screaming for our attention. You know, if it's new relationships, new, you know, new jobs, new everything, or pandemics, they're like wanting to swing our heads back and forth and she's like, no, just look to me. Like refresh our basically anything else that's like God, like come in my heart, speak to me afresh, that I'm not blowing around like the grass, that my focus is purely on you, and that I have handlebars of Jesus for my life. And for that, I've seen us do it. I say, guys, thank you for being courageous during this scattered season. It's inspiring. It's good. Don't be able to do it too. <laughs> They just got a new house, you guys. Awesome. Well, hey, I'm going to say this prayer over us. So, if anything else, you guys don't need to hear me today. If you let the Holy Spirit speak to you and reflect, that would be a win. Okay? So, this is just a liturgical prayer, just inviting the Holy Spirit in our hearts to actually speak to us. Okay? So close your eyes and let this kind of be a message to us. Father, Son, and Spirit, I recognize that you are here in this room. I recognize that you've been with me through the year past. The ups and downs, the things I hated and the things I loved. Thank you for your presence. Thank you for your guidance, even when I didn't know you were guiding. Guide me by your Spirit as I look back. May I see with your eyes. May I hear with your ears. May I receive from your good. May I hold to your truth. May I be inspired by your beauty. May I be formed by it all. Amen. Um, guys, I'm reminded... Kind of what we shared at the beginning. There's such a beautiful thing of like having friends that lock arms together. And uh, like I shared, one of my favorite things with, with a few guys in this room where we're sitting in my garage on couches and actually speaking life into each other. We're tough guys. But there was one particular day I told you about that we're literally sharing stuff that we're like we don't know the answers to. We're actually frustrated about. 
And we actually start like literally weeping. We don't weep that much, but this time we did. And, and just like speaking words over each other. And we felt literally, I would say all of us walked out of that room feeling breakthrough. And my thought is like, guys, that is good news. And there's a privilege of having a group of friends that lock arms together and point our vision back to Jesus. And I had a friend call me, one of my long friends, and talk to me about a place where he was at like this year, where he's like feels like he's trying to follow Jesus, lead his family well, like do business, and he's like all over. He's like, whoa, what's going on? The world's gonna end. Like the government system is horrible. It's gonna be communist or this vaccine is, you know, like this is where he is. And the idea of just speaking, hearing him, and it's real. I felt the same stuff. I go, dude, I felt the same stuff and got to tell them just with my friends. It just felt like a mess. And I got to actually speak and pray for them and point them back to them. But the good news is no matter what your view is on all these things, Jesus is still on the throne. I'm going to raise my kids the same way that I did today, no matter what happens. I'm going to teach them to walk with Jesus. I'm going to have a group of friends and I'm going to see the church flourish in our city, neighborhood, and around the globe because I look at Jesus. And at the end of the day, he goes, oh, we need more of this. I'm like, oh, yeah, that's the church. That's what we're talking about. That's why we meet. So we speak our faces back to Jesus. And I just say, like, some people here I've talked to, uh, many of us have, like, evangelism seems scary. And I'm like, Actually, no, just go tell your friends who don't know how good it is being in the garage where we're weeping together and then we walk out feeling like different people. Go tell them about that and say, that's good, isn't it? And then they'd be like, oh yeah, I wish I had that in my life. And that is the call of being church. That is why we Church is not a gathering on Sunday, although we're gathering on Sunday, right? So let's do these events. Let's worship. But the church is us. The Holy Spirit is living in our hearts. And we need to be slapped sometimes by our good friends to say, wherever I step, the presence of God, the kingdom moves. So when I go sell a new house, it's going to be a miracle house. When we're doing our businesses or tutoring students, there's going to be impact. And I feel like the call of the church is for us to remind each other that that's the case. Okay, that's just the intro, so we're going to actually <laughs> just read some verses, okay? Let's see. Okay, we're going to read this. So this is a passage from Jesus, obviously, to the Gospel of Mark. Uh, but he says that it's a parable he tells about the soil. He says this guy's spreading soil, and at the end of it, he's like, if you don't understand this passage, you probably can't understand any of it. So he's saying, this is actually pretty significant. And it's so simple. You're like, why is it so crazy? But so I'm going to read this. It's called The Parable of the Sowers. Uh, it's in uh, Mark chapter 4, verse 1, if you want to follow along. So I'm just going to read, and then we'll talk about it. Again, he began to teach beside the sea, and the very large crowd about him, so that he got into a boat and sat in the air... It, uh, sat in it on the sea, and the whole crowd was beside the sea on the land. And he was teaching them in, uh, many par things in parables. And his teaching, he said to them, Listen, behold, a sower went out to sow seed. 
And as he sowed, some seed fell on the path, and the birds came and devoured it. Other seed fell on the rocky ground. When it did not have much soil, it immediately sprang up, since it had no depth of soil. And then when the sun rose, it was scorched. And since it had no roots, it withered away. Other seed fell on thorns, and the thorns grew up and choked it out. And it yielded no grain. And other seeds fell in good soil and produced grain, growing up and increasing in yield thirtyfold, sixtyfold, and a hundredfold. And he said, He who has ears, let him hear. Uh, so if you notice right away, I mean, he, he, Jesus is becoming powerful, like, uh, or popular. Like, people are like, yeah, we want to hear you so much so you step off land in a boat. So you're like thinking, that sounds successful, right? And then Jesus tells this parable and starts painting out. Really what he's painting out is what is a disciple. And the heartbeat, even when I talk about church, what we are in Carondale, Jesus never said multiply church. He actually said multiply disciples. And you think, what's a disciple? A disciple is one who actually knows God with all of his life, loves God with all of his life, and obeys God with all of his life. And when we do that, actually, that is actually a disciple who not only believes in Jesus, but actually follows Jesus. And I think that's like my heartbeat for, for Karam Deo. Why, why are we not trying to get a huge event? I love this all because we're meant to be friends who actually say, oh, we don't just believe in them with our heart. We actually start following them with our jobs and our families and how we raise our kids and how we do friendships. Like, Jesus is all of life. It's all of life. It's not a Sunday-oriented thing. It's all of life. And he started speaking this parable, and I'll go into it, really saying, I'm not here to gather a crowd. I'm here to gather a few friends that I'm faithful with for years and years because I envision that these guys will change the planet, you know? I think at Karam Dale, when we started, we were meeting in my tiny delivery room with just a few of us, and the vision wasn't to get huge, it was saying, I dare bet these friends who actually start changing actually the face of Denver, change businesses, change how families are run in all of their life. Not just come and get inspired, actually change how we do and I go, that's what we're looking for. That's Karam Deo. That's why we're scattering. We do a scattered season so all of us can try to take risk with Jesus. And we did. We saw that happen. Okay, I'm going to go into the soils. And some of us, many of us have heard this, but I just say, listen to the Holy Spirit in you. Because the answer to Jesus isn't, oh, I, I actually knew I was good soil last week or last year or when I did my DTS or when I came to the Lord or when I did Young Life. No, no, it's saying, again, reflect to be good soil. Again, come to me and transform your mind to be good soil. So if you go first, uh, the first seed he says, and he says to them, I sow seed that fell on the path and the birds came and devoured it. The reason they, they came and devoured it is because the soil was hard. Like, the seeds didn't fall in the soil. The birds could come eat it. They had, this first seal had calloused hearts. Their heart was hard. And, and I ask if this is the first reflection of 2021, is where in our lives right now as a disciple where I'm trying to look at Jesus, is my heart calloused? 
I mean, is it all the issues of politics or race or all this stuff or pandemics or who does it this way? East Coast, California does it this way. Colorado does it this way. How much ranch does it away? And is our heart so callous that we can't connect or even have conversations with other friends? If we see our heart starting to get offended really quick, your heart is probably hard. And the Lord says, no, no, don't have a hard heart. Have a soft heart. Listen to people. If we can't listen to people, our heart is probably callous and hard. And this is where Satan comes immediately and takes away what you planted. Like the soil can't, you know, like, but, 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 wait, Matt. Like, I know Jesus, I said the prayer, or I did this training program. I'm saying, no, but today, after 2020, is there any tilling in your heart to be soft again? Because to be a disciple, God's saying, have a soft heart, not a callous. So I just ask you to even think, Holy Spirit, right now, bring to our heart the places where my heart or your heart is calloused. Where is it hard? Where is it the places it's unexpected? And, and some of us, the, the comeback for this will be, but Matt, like, you don't understand so-and-so of a person or so-and-so of our government actually is doing stupid stuff. I should be hateful to them. It, they deserve it. And I would say, yeah, that's where God says come in with grace and asking him to actually have hearts that forgive people. If our heart is callous, we'll be easily offended. Have you guys seen the, what's the guy, J.P. Sears? You guys know? I know you guys know. Yeah. He's like super spiritual guy. He has long red hair. He's a YouTube video. You guys, if you haven't seen, he has this video called um, How to Get Offended. So he says, if you want to get really offended, like, I, but I'm not involved. We're moving on. But you guys should watch it. I'll send, like, a link. send a link. They will send a link. <laughs> but I just say it. Ask the Lord again where you're offended. Where are you callous? And I would say, as a disciple, ask the Lord to break that soil up. Okay, next soil. He says, soil falls on rocky soil. And it grew up fast. And it, um, but the sun came and ru- ruined it because it had no roots. Guys, this is the thing where I think our culture and our generation wants quick, instant results. And I would say the key for, I would say the biggest thing of seeing the Holy Spirit in somebody's life, some people would say they're speaking in tongues, they have different gifts. I would say longevity. When you see somebody steady with longevity, like have one passion in the same direction and willing to commit to actually a word of the Lord in the midst of a 2020 and staying steady, that's a sign of the Holy Spirit. And God disciples in a path, not instantaneously, a disciple is long, it's a long vision for it is. I think sometimes the problem is the church is like, we want instant results, instant data. And God's like, no, actually, I'm working on you for a decade. And he's asking us to be a disciple who says, okay, God, I sign up for a decade, not for one week conference. And he says, um, quick acceptance with no death and no commitment is this. Like, And I'd ask you, Holy Spirit, right now, reflect going into my life. Where is there places where I have hard time with commitment? Is there places where I'm like, oh, I don't want to commit on the long term. It's too hard. It hurts too much. And God's saying, no, no, no. Long vision for your life. 
I have a 20-year picture for what I'm going to do and how you're going to affect the world. Not just a two-week one. Not just a one-year one. It's too small. It's too small of a vision for us. Disciples are willing to sacrifice our lives. I would say what God is leading us into at Cromdale is, you guys know the, the passage of the prodigal son. There's one who runs away and there's one judgmental son. And yeah, sometimes we fall in those characters, but God's actually asking us to actually be the patient parent, the patient father who knows how to give that grace to others. The crazy thing, if you've been around me in the last few months, I would say God is actually calling us to be spiritual parents to people. If you talk to any of the parents who've had these five little babies right now in our life, you're my little Bodie. I love them to death. Unconditional love for them. But actually, right now, he provides nothing for my family. He actually makes my family worse. It's harder. Literally, it is. If you haven't had kids, it's harder. And he gives nothing back. My wife and I, for the last eight months, have sacrificed. Over and over. Last night, he was up six times in the night. I'm not joking. Six times in the night. And what did I get back from him? He then projectiles. <laughs> but the thing that is, like guys. Giving back to me. <laughs> What's that? that sounds like giving back to me. Okay. <laughs> Guys, as we grow up and follow Jesus, that's exactly what he's asking to do, to be spiritual, sacrificial parents to other people. And we don't go and sacrifice for what we get back. Why do I sacrifice for Bodhi? Because I unconditionally love my son with all my heart. I love him so much. And I give and give and give for him over and over. With smile on my face, sometimes a frown, but most of the time smile. <laughs> But I would say, actually, as disciples, that's what he's asking us to do. So even in the scattered season, as Tanya and I, every Saturday night, are cleaning our house, our tiny house, saying, people are coming, this is a sacrifice. We say, we're going to do it again. Because we want people to get a sniff of the kingdom. And the only way we actually get discipled is in that vision of saying, God, I'm willing to sacrifice for you in the same way Jesus did, what Jesus, he took up his cross. He sacrificed for people who didn't give back to him. And he died and showed a new way to actually follow him. And I would say for us at Bromdale, he's actually asking the same thing. Take up your cross and sacrifice in a way that it means to follow him. That's what it means to grow up and start actually being a disciple. Sometimes in churches, you guys, we come to chairs and we just sit there and absorb like you're doing right now. But like, uh, really, this isn't the call. This is just the celebration. The call is to go out and say, I'm going to sacrifice for my co-workers in ways that is silly. Unless the only reason is that unconditionally loved him. The greatest commandment by Jesus was this, right? There's two big things. Christ's command, love the Lord God with all your heart and love your neighbor as yourself. Basically, the command, all of life, business, in friendship, unconditionally love people. If you're a hardcore Republican and then someone's waving the, have you guys seen the signs here? They say, by Don. Like, it's not Biden, it's by Don, but it, you know both. It's clever. Yeah. It's clever. It's clever. <laughs> then you say, no, I love them. If you're the other way and you 
like you're a Biden fan, you see the big pickup truck with the flag going out the back. You know they voted for Trump, right? And you're just like, I love The question as a disciple, do we sacrificially see people instantly as that they're worth dying for? That's our only judgment. When we look at Christ's room, they were worth dying for. And I'll sacrificially, unconditionally love them. That is the commandment of being a follower of Jesus. And so often in our hearts in this season, at least in mine, there's days I feel like that. There's other days where actually I feel like I deserve to judge other people, right? And I'm like, dang it, I do. They're idiots. And this is where I need a refreshing in my heart. Say, God, get that soil deeper so I can actually see them with a different vision. Sorry, third soil. Uh, this is the thorny soil. It said it grew up and it choked it out. And this is huge for us. The older you get, I think this is harder to do. This is the soil, those responses where we actually grow. We plant the seed, we're like, yes. And then the craziness of life kind of just dies it out. The responsibilities, the good things. It's like me and Tommy say, Tanya, we have too small a house. We don't have enough money to live in this neighborhood, and we have so many kids. Like, I'm usually a good dad, but I need to be responsible for them. Yeah, we can't do it anymore. Like, for good things. Or we're so busy by making money. And money, don't hear me. I want us, I want everybody in here to make tons of money. I do. Make tons of money. But so I'm not saying don't make money, but I'm saying, what is your focus? Do you see the money or lack of money? Do you see the busyness of kids or whatever? Do you see that my daughter's on the iPad five straight hours for online school? Five hours as a kindergartner? And I'm like, holy crap. Or do I redirect myself and say the vision is Jesus? Jesus, what do you say? Because the world, especially this year, every single issue is this. It's like the weeds are going to choke you out. And you're going to say, oh. I want to follow you, Lord, but I'm just going to add you to the plate instead of you guiding into a part of your story. And our job in this room is to transform Denver, Colorado, the United States, and the whole world. And then there's the good soil. The good soil, over time, it grew up and multiplied. There was depth, there was sincerity, the hearts were soft. Do you guys know if you 100% disagree with somebody and your heart's soft, you can still listen to them without getting offended? And if you can't, then we actually say, Jesus, there's something wrong with my heart that needs to change in 2020. If, if my wife offends me so much because she thinks she has a better view than me, which she usually does, uh, then I need to soften my heart and change. I need to get depths where I can listen to people with different perspectives and unconditionally love people because I have depths of good soil. I, and I love the last one right at the end. It said, he who has ears, let him hear. This is the call that God, our biggest direction as followers of Jesus is to hear his voice. And we actually raise up to hear the voice of Jesus. Really, the idea of good soil is this, guys. This is what it means to be a disciple. There are ones who hear the word. Hearts are teachable. The ones who accept the word, the hearts are hungry. And they bear fruit. It says they're going to bear fruit. They take risk with Jesus to actually see change in the world. We have passion and purpose to see change. Like, do we believe our life? Are we literally, you guys, am I sitting 
I'm on the edge of my seat, like, oh my goodness, Lord, that's 2021. I'm ready. Like, or I scrunch back and say, I hope it's not as bad as it was. <laughs> you know, just like protecting yourself. Or am I on the edge of my seat? Like, yes, Lord, let's try it again. I'm on a risk. It could be scary. Who knows? If I take the vaccine, I might grow a horn. I don't know. <laughs> but I'm going to be on the edge of my seat. Lord, I want to believe that you're going to change the globe. There's this, there's this verse in the Beatitudes, Matthew 5, 8. It says, the pure in heart see God. The pure in heart. The ones who said, God, I'm open. The pure in heart are the ones who see God in every aspect of their lives. They're the ones who we actually, in the midst of turmoil, keep our eyes on Jesus. I would say the only way we'll see lasting, long-term impact in our city or neighborhood is with the pure heart. It says, Lord, I will do, and this comes from my roots, it'll sound familiar, I'll do the possible. And in my pure heart, I believe you're going to do impossible things. Like God's going to actually provide money to actually keep businesses going. God's going to provide like creativity for us to impact neighborhoods, Raise our kids in the midst of being online five hours a day. Literally, guys, my daughter's in kindergarten online five hours a day. It's crazy. She's doing pretty good, but I'm like, I don't think that's helping. <laughs> 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 Other people might have different opinions, but I'm like, I don't like that. But she's doing great. I'm so proud of her. But I'm just saying, you guys, the heartbeat is beyond the edge of our seat St. John. Our lives, humanity, Jesus came to earth incarnate himself as a little baby, showing us a new way to be human. Showing us a different way to see. And this is a life that's passionate and purposeful. I promise you, and I'd be interested to see what people older than me say, but I'd say the older you get, the easier it is to lose passion and purpose in life. And it moves to safety and comfort. And God, this is meant for us to fight for as disciples. Say, God, make me passionate again today. Show me vision for purpose, because I'll lose it so quick. The reason Karamde is like we are is because I see us as like an army that has tra transforming Denver neighborhoods. That's what we're meant to do. Friends who lock arm, remind ourselves to look at Jesus, transform neighbor, to know him, to listen to him, love him, obey him. That, if you go on, and I'll tell us where Jesus said, this is the most valuable parable. If you don't understand this parable, you actually more or less say you can't follow me. It's crazy. You guys, I'm going to bring a few things, uh, bullet points, with a stop of reflection. Um, literally like 20 second reflection for you on each one. That represents Cromdale and why we do it the way we do it. Okay? Um, But I think this, the first one, the bullet point for Cromdale, why we do it, is because we believe, and you've heard this before, we're a centered set church and not a bounded set. What this means is we do discipleship. We actually look at everyone, and I hope you look at me, that I'm not saying, so when do you say the prayer? Were you born again today? You know? I'm actually saying, are you looking at Jesus? Jesus is in the center. And I don't care if you're three miles out and you are the biggest pagan, whatever that means. But if you're looking at Jesus and just like say, I'm out here, I'm like, I want to hang out with you. But if you're way close up to Jesus, Donnie's Jesus, 
<laughs> but you're like this, and you're like, I said the prayer back in 95, but you don't even look at them. I'm like, well, that's not even fun. That's not fun, you guys. It's way more fun when people are saying, together we want to look at Jesus in all parts of life. And then we actually, for some reason, start walking towards him. And we start living like it, you know? And that's why we do it. We're not centered. We're, so we don't even need, when I see somebody on the street, whoever that is, or my workplace, I don't even have to say, are they in or are they out? I don't have to say that. All I have to say is that person is worth dying for. They're an image bearer who doesn't even know it yet. And I can actually give little whispers to them, sniffs of the kingdom, where they're like, no way, that's what you guys do with your friends in your garage? And I'm like, yeah. They're like, I wish I had friends like that. And I'm like, yeah, well, that's what Jesus teaches us to do. Because we're believing in a centered set church, not if I'm in seven. So I ask this to you. Dave, I, am I going? I don't even know how long I've been talking. You've been you're right at thirty minutes. You're doing pretty good. Oh, so I'll give I'll give you five minutes. I'll give you five minutes. Oh, Shoot, we're not gonna get through all my bullet points for you. But I will ask this. This is a good one. This is a question for you. To simplify, journal on would be what is God asking you to do to simplify, um, to actually see Him moment by moment in life in 2020. Because the idea is we can only experience the, present God, the presence of God in, in the present moment. We can't experience Him in the past. So if we're really looking at the past, we can't experience Him. We can't experience God in the future. We can't. We only can experience Him right now, moment by moment. So what do you need to simplify? You actually look at Jesus moment by moment. That would be my question in 2021. And not get caught up in arguments. Have passions about arguments, but not get caught up in see Jesus. Okay. I'll skip over one. Another one is transformation rather than information. You heard Dave hit this. But we are about moving, like I said, from believers to followers. Not just filling our heads with the right theology, which theology is good, but we're actually filling our hearts, our way of life, because our whole life is meant to transform the places that we step. Discipleship, this idea of being discipleship, is not sitting in a course, it's not a program. I actually, my life was changed in a thing called the DTS with YWAM, but I would say DTS doesn't change you, or whatever your program was, because it's not a program. It's actually a thing where you lock arms with friends, and you have life on life. They see your whole life. You have life in community. You actually learn to actually follow Jesus with a group of friends, not in a silo. And you have life on purpose or mission together. And I'd say this is the process where you lock arms with a group of friends in this community where we say, let's do it. Let's be disciples together. And it doesn't even matter if I know more and someone knows less or whatever. No, we're locking arms. And we're actually trying to continue to look at Jesus in the midst of parenting, in the midst of trying to start a business in the midst of actually saying, we're going to do, we're going to go serve in four communities in Sun Valley and try to tutor people there. Like, this is, this is a transformation idea. I guess this would be a question for you guys as we try to be disciples. 2021. Who is you guys? Who, who is you guys? <laughs> 
Who, in each one of our lives, who's actually the Holy Spirit speaking to you to actually sacrifice your life to this year? That you'll go do odd things just because you unconditionally love them. Who's a person that actually makes you stop navel-gazing and looking out to say, oh, I'm actually going to bring hope to their lives? Who is the person you're going to do that with? Or where is a place that you're going to go do and actually bring it because discipleship is about taking risk and going outside yourself, not just knowledge. I'm saying this. In, in closing, you guys, so there's this guy named Paul. He's, some people call him the Apostle Paul. He wrote all these letters, like, uh, in the Bible. So, big chunk of the New Testament was written by Paul. You guys don't know him, talk to us later. Uh, but over and over again, he says this. He goes to his communities. That he, he goes more like this. You guys, literally, we read the Bible. The communities were similar like this. They'd have house churches, and they'd gather together. Probably similar to this. Maybe not much bigger. And then Paul would actually write letters back to them saying, Hey, I love you guys. I'm with you. Like fathering them, investing his life with them. And this is what he would say. He'd tell them, you guys... Follow me as I'm following Jesus. Follow me. Imitate my life as I'm trying to imitate Jesus' life. I think this is the call of all of us. And some of us, the problem with church is we've designed it in a way where we're like, oh, I don't know as much as Dave does. Because Dave went to seminary. Do you guys know that Dave's a scholar at the seminary? His thesis was the number one thesis of the year at Denver Seminary yeah. last year. Pretty competitive. <laughs> and here's Mount Paul Church. I don't know as much as Dave. I better just meet people and tell Dave to talk to him. Yeah. You know, and that's easy. Actually, God is saying, no, grab your friends and give your life away. And actually ask them to imitate you as you're trying to follow Jesus. And here's the challenge with that. Here's the rub, right? Is you will never reproduce in other people what you have not cultivated in your own heart. So as a disciple of Jesus, as a disciple, you've got to ask yourself, 2021, Lord, how do you till up the hard places, the callous places that are callous in my heart? Because I dare bet. Well, I know I have callous places. I won't speak for you guys. I have callous places that I say, God, cultivate that. Plant seeds there. Because I know other people, if I like it or not, are watching me follow you. And I want to say to them, watch me follow him. But I'd say this. Jesus did this crazy thing with his disciples. And it's different than what we see in church. He actually lowered the bar of requirements to be a follower of him. So he didn't say, you have to go to seminary. Go to seminary. Be the best theologian. I love it. That's why we loved it. Be the best. He said, lower the bar. But what he did is raise the bar of responsibility. So he's saying, guys, we're not meant to be the best disciples, per se. We're actually meant to just look at each other and say, we're trying to follow Jesus in 2021. Now, I'd say if we try to follow Jesus, that is radical. I will say our businesses will be transformed. Our families will be transformed. 
And I'm just saying, that's what I'm signing up for for 2021 again. As we do this as a family of friends, lock arms and say, I, I don't know for sure how it's going to work, but we're trying to follow. We're trying to be good soil. And I'm going to invite my friends to say, hey guys, on Tuesday nights, like, break up those hard places. Tell me where you're callous, because I don't see where I'm callous, because I always feel justified with the places where I'm hard. And nobody likes being around hard people. So I guess that's an invite as we go in to this, um, this gathered season over the next seven weeks. We're going to hit a series on Ephesians, and the really hard thing is identity. What's the identity of following Jesus copying in our lives? But I, I invite you guys to get our friends, lock arms, come here, buy some beers for Andy, you know, and actually talk about it. Where the places as you're trying to follow God needs to break up the callous hard soul. Again. Because I probably did it two years ago. But guess what? I need to do it again. Because to be a disciple actually means to change. You haven't arrived. It means are you willing to change again and again and again? So you guys, I just invite us to change can we change? Don't be the same. Don't be the same much. Change. And let's cheer each other on as we do it and stumble. Let's forgive each other as we make mistakes. You know, I have to tell my kids sorry all the time. And my only prayer is, Lord, as they go to counseling when they're 20, <laughs> they, they just learn that, well, my dad taught me to say sorry. And if that happened, yes, say something, you know? But the same thing for us. So, yeah. It's not the math monologue. I'm going to pray for us. So just receive it. Lord Jesus, we pray once again that you are the Lord of 2021. Break up the hard soil of 2020. May we realize that we. Uh, we can't change from living in the past, and we certainly can't change from living in the future. Right now, today, is where we change and where we grow. You're inviting us once again to turn our heads, to look at you, and may that be like the call of this community. Maybe just be people who say, I don't know if we're doing good, but we love Jesus together, and we try to imitate him together. made Denver and our neighborhoods look different this year because of us walking down the street. In your name, amen. Amen. Thanks for listening. If you want to connect further, please visit us at www.cdchurch.org.